The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lap one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. going on everybody it's kind of strange to be saying this on a monday night but welcome back to another edition of quick time the podcast brad brown brandon anderson here again with you uh we're full-fledged racing eagle raceway kicked off their weekend with uh with a practice night on sunday afternoon i made my way out there brad did you get to the track because i probably know the answer is no i was at a track but not a racetrack uh i was in bloomington indiana to at the track and field uh meet there uh, believe it or not, I was there until one o'clock in the morning on Friday night watching uh, watching the ten Ks. <laughs> believe it or not, it started on Friday night and ended on Saturday morning because it was uh, we had lightning in the area and an hour and a half rain delay, lightning delay, and it, it just uh, it was a marathon. And so, no, I did not go to a track. Uh, the Bloomington Speedway opened up, but they got rained out as well. So, uh, um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be back at Bloomington, and I hope to hit that show, hit that track on. Friday night, it might be my first race of the year. So uh, how was uh, practice night out there at Eagle Raceway? Uh, practice was good. I, did, I took the camera out there, uh, but I did not take it out of the car. I, I In fact, I, Brad, you'd be proud. I took the old Mustang out there, had a top down, cruising down O Street all the way out to the racetrack. It, it was nice. You're going to enjoy it when I, <laughs> when I kidnap you and take you out there this year. But practice was good. Uh, they had about maybe 10 sprint cars out there. Um, a lot of modifieds, a lot of stock cars and whatnot but basically i just kind of hung out in the booth with uh up in the answers booth with, with dan taylor and james roland so it was a good yeah. time uh, i mean i know they were most of the time they're out there just practicing and not really trying to light anything up but uh did anything did you see anything that was uh, a surprise or an impressive or anything like that or was it just a, a typical dry track and they were just turning some laps and shaking the cars down you know uh roger roger worked the track it, it wasn't a dry track they rained out on practice on saturday so there was a lot of moisture in the track on sunday afternoon when they went there the front straightaways kind of dried out a little bit but there was a lot of moisture in the corners and i'll tell you roger has that old place looking pretty damn good so i'm excited to get out there in a couple weeks i don't think i'll be out there this weekend for the icebreaker when they open up their season but uh, in a, in a week, two weeks or so, I should be out there and just, you know, playing in the dirt like we do in the summer. Well, I'm going to skip it. I, I'm going to be in Houston, Texas this week. So another work week and no racing involved, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Eagle get their season kicked off. Uh, I kicked off their season. They got rained out last weekend with the late models, but, uh, uh yeah, we're, we're racing, uh, race fans. So, uh, can't wait to start reviewing some of these, uh, the, the wins and, uh, see how the season plays out. Uh, kind of excited to see what happens out at Eagle Raceway this year. Yeah, even though sure. yes, I don't go out there very often. I I still pay attention to the to the who's winning and uh, how how the season's going. You gotta you gotta see how your boy Chase Wheeler's doing. So you gotta keep yeah. up on him. I see he revealed his car last week. So uh, I like the car. I, I'm gonna throw the photographer bitch and complain about it, but he put reflective on the numbers and sponsors and all that sort of stuff. And us photographers, we don't like that reflective shit, but. No, I can make it look well, good. We use we use off camera flash now. It, things have changed a little bit since your day of uh, snapping photos down there in the infield. <laughs> off camera flash, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I did notice in his uh, Facebook post that it had uh, the reflective uh, stickers on it uh, with the logos of the names of the sponsors. But uh, uh, interesting, pink car, uh, interesting. But uh, hey, whatever it takes to field a race car, that's what you got to do. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Brad, I mentioned that I hung out with uh, Dan Taylor and James Rowland. James did something pretty cool on over the week. Uh, as we all know, our good friend uh, Push Truck Mike's battling some uh, colon cancer issues, and uh, and uh, James went up there and he, you know he handed uh, Mike two hundred dollars out of his own pocket on I want to say it was Friday or Saturday out there at I eighty Speedway. And Mike's like, I can't take this, can't take this. And, you know, Mike being Mike, but. Uh, James kind of upped the ante a little bit and posted on Facebook that he would wear a dress to the Eagle Eagle Raceway Award Ceremony on Sunday afternoon if he could raise two hundred dollars for for Push Truck Mike and another another uh, guy in the racing community that needs some needs some financial assistance here right now, Jeremy Conkle. But uh, the racing community outdid itself. Uh, James posted within like an hour that he was ten dollars short of the uh, the two hundred dollar goal. So I texted James, I go, "You better go dress shopping, buddy. Here's your ten bucks." But uh, not only did he raise his two hundred, but they raised five hundred dollars in twenty four hours for those two guys. So, uh, hats wow. off to James. I mean, what a selfless act that you know James would embarrass himself. And I saw photos of James in that dress, and uh, he's not a good looking woman. That's that's it's a fucking <laughs> scary sight. Uh, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool that uh, uh, he did that, and uh, and that actually followed through and actually wore the dress. Uh, um, that's. Uh, I would never do that. Uh, they think there's other ways to uh, raise money, but uh, whatever it takes, I guess, huh? Yeah. So, uh, Kurt, but he he's one of the uh, tow truck drivers there at Eagle Raceway and helps out a lot with the sprint cars and stuff. Kurt has long, flowing hair, and he he mentioned that he's not going to wear a dress, but if he could raise a certain amount of money, he would shave his head. So, I think we're yeah. going to be well on our way to getting Kurt a haircut. Yeah. He, as long as I've known him, I think he's worn a mullet the whole time. So. If he has to cut that bad boy off, uh, <laughs> you may not recognize him. Definitely. So uh, it was, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, those funds are going to push right Mike. And uh, it was cool to see Mike out there at IED Speedway uh, a couple of weeks ago pushing. I, I didn't know how much we would see him this year with all all his treatments going on. But looks like things are going pretty good. He says uh, the treatment weeks are, are pretty bad. But uh, on the weeks that he doesn't have treatment, you'll see him at the racetrack. Is he uh, doing well enough where he can still work a little bit, or is it just not working, not uh, not able to do that yet? Uh, from from talking to him a little bit, it's it's like by the time he's feeling good, it's time to go back and get treatment again. So yeah, yeah. So it, it's a lot of you know just kind of taking it easy, basically. Yeah, my mom went through colon cancer, and I it kicked her ass, and uh, so I, I I feel for him, and I know what he's going through, and well, I kind of know what he's going through, but. Uh, uh, after watching my mom deal with it on a daily basis, I, I, man, I, I hope he recovers quickly and he gets through this and uh, goes gets on to bigger and better things. Yeah, definitely. So that being said, tonight on the show we are gonna have well, it's kind of a cool little little story here. We got a Tony Rost uh, is gonna join the program. Uh, Tony started his own 360 sprint car team here in Nebraska, which is crazy because well, until recently when Joe rolled out some 360 races, there was no 360 racing here in Nebraska. But Tony started a, a 360 team here uh, a couple years ago. They didn't race last year at all due to the Corona Corona deal. But uh, he's kind of making his name out there. You know, has some unique marketing ideas with his uh, with some TikToks and YouTube videos and whatnot. So it's gonna be cool to hear his story. Yeah, I've, I've I don't know a lot about Tony. Um, I. He caught my eye in 2019 when he started this Catalyst Autosports team, and and uh, 
he made that announcement early on last year that due to COVID and the uncertainty of racing and everything else that uh, they're going to uh, just park the team and get it ready for 2021. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know much about him, but I'm kind of interested to hear what the story is and how they developed Catalyst Autosports and see where he's going to go this year. Uh, he had a, he started out I-80 Speedway uh, last week and uh, made the A feature and, so he knocked some rust off pretty quickly because that was a pretty good field of cars out there. And uh, for him to make the A feature and get some laps, uh, interesting to see where this uh, 99 car goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's cool to see, you know, an upstart team like that. You know, I would assume, you know, being being a new team, the goal is always going to be make the feature. So they accomplish those goals on their opening weekend. So that's pretty cool. And it's going to be fun to hear, hear his story and and whatnot. So, uh Brad, you know, while you were at the at the track meet did, and sitting there for hours and hours and, and the lightning delays and whatnot, did you catch any racing on Flow or Dervision or anything like that? Because we had some we had some great USAC races and uh, some awesome quick time uh, karma. Because Buddy Kofoy picked off the victory out there at Port City Raceway on Friday night or Saturday yeah, night because uh, they got rained out Friday night. My bad. Yeah. No, I, I I don't have a unlimited wi- on Wi-Fi or unlimited package. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the the limited. Hey, it's, so no, it's 2021. You can get yourself an unlimited package. And and believe it or not, where I was at Bloomington at the at the track, their reception was terrible. So uh, I probably wouldn't have come in anyway. But uh, once I got home, I, I dialed everything up and I watched the highlight reels and so forth. But uh, no, not a lot of racing over there in Bloomington. So. Uh, um, just part of the season. And once I get through this track season, we'll, we'll start catching some racing, but yeah, a uh, quick time karma, buddy Kofoid got that win. Uh, and so uh, he just keeps doing what, uh, what he's been doing in this KKM car. Yeah. I don't think that was a whole lot of quick time karma. Cause, uh, is buddy Kofoid. Let's, let's be honest, the hottest <laughs> sprint, uh, midget driver in the country right now. And one of the best cars you can get too. Yeah, definitely. Um, our buddy team uh, kind of, kind of a little callback from a previous uh, show with some dirty sliders. Uh, through through one hell of a haymaker that uh had no shot in hell clearing, no way it was it was terrible, and uh, um, I guess he admitted it in the interview, but uh, that doesn't change things. He did a dirty slider on who was it? Uh, uh it was the Tad Boat eighty four car. I want to say it was Ryan Timms, something like that. Could, I, I don't I don't know the kid's name, but it's a, it's a young cat out there, and and you know Chad Boat Motorsports is one hell of a ride to being too so yeah that it was uh it was a brutal slider but uh hey he admitted it he said that uh, in the heat of the moment uh he he did the slider and and it just happened but uh um that's what we talked about in the previous show how how those midget drivers are crazy and these sliders are getting more and more outrageous and dangerous but uh yep um yeah, he he did her. So I, I wanted to hear the the interview, and I have I, I looked for it, but I couldn't find it. But uh, Team well, Mez is Team Mez, and he doesn't hold back. Well, Brad, thanks to our friends over at Flow Racing, I have the interview right here for you. Last, well, let's hear. But it. as you know, not least, Thomas Mezerall coming home third, and Team Mez, what a performance by you! A lot of bumping and grinding between the midgets on this Port City Raceway. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just uh, hang your elbows up and go for it here. You know, kind of got into the eighty four car. Really hate that form, but. Uh, you know, sorry about your luck, and that's midget racing, you know, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and you just kind of like throw sliders, slide or die, everybody, slide or die, so pretty stoked with that run, though, you know, when it goes to the bottom, I, you don't expect Team Mez to win races, so I was up there just trying to sell shirts. 
I could see on the top side, looking a little treacherous, but was that where the 7X felt best or just where Timas was most comfortable? Yeah, this thing's terrible on the bottom. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Thomas Meserov coming home third here tonight for the T-Town. Short, quick, sweet, and to the point. Well, I don't know if that was an apology or not. No, I feel he, bad he, for their luck. Yeah, he came back on Twitter <laughs> on Twitter that evening and, and apologized to the 84 car. And yeah. it was a little bit more apologetic than the interview. And I, I, I'm I, a huge Team as fan. I, I love the guy. I mean... Just because his no fucks given attitude when when you interview him, I like the way he drives, minus the dirty sliders. But you know he'll he'll throw that thing <laughs> well, in there, and he's fun to watch. In all fairness to Timas, he's not he doesn't do dirty sliders all the time. That was just a, a misjudgment or miscalculation or whatever. He just it just happened, and uh, but now he's a very aggressive driver. Uh, if you, if you don't want to know the answer to a question, you better not ask it because he's going to tell you exactly what's on his mind and. He sells a lot of T-shirts, that's for sure. He's a pretty exciting driver. He got my $25, that's for sure. <laughs> and I don't buy race car T-shirts. Yeah, I don't either. And since they, then this new uh, ink that they paste on the front and the back, the shirts just don't breathe. I I love the way they look and the colors pop, but uh, they're too damn hot. And I, I quit buying racing T-shirts unless it's the scaled-down version, something really really minute uh, on the, on the design. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, you know, I make t-shirts for a living, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cool ones though. I can tell you that much. Definitely for sure. So, uh, we mentioned that buddy Kofoy picked up the victory on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, Tanner Thorson knocked off the, uh, the stout field over there at port city, picking up, uh, the midget win. uh, world outlaws also raced, uh, I believe they were at Kokomo on Friday night where we saw James McFadden coming all, all the way over uh, after his newborn uh, son was, I believe it was his son, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. All right, after his newborn was born, you know, came, came back baby. over. Yeah, he had his baby. And prop, uh, props to him, man. I, uh, my wife would kill me if, you know, she just had a baby then I, the next day I'd jump on a plane to leave the damn country. <laughs> but he came over here. He's making, he, he's, you know, you got to make a dollar. You got to support the family, and uh, he made a lot of dollars on Friday night, uh, picking off the win uh, over there at Kokomo. Yeah, and it was a pretty good race too. I watched the highlight videos again off of Dirt Vision, and it was a pretty good race. Uh, um, he came, uh, he came from a little bit uh, back in the pack to win that. So yeah, props to the nine caravan trailer car man, uh, James uh, McFadden, getting his first outlaw win this year. Yeah, it looks like uh, on the following night over at Tri City. Tri-State Speedway, not Tri-City Speedway. We saw uh, Carson Macedo pick up the victory there. And it looks like James McFadden and uh, Tyler Courtney, you know, top podium finish. And that's pretty damn good for for a guy who's just now starting in wing sprint cars. Yeah, Sheldon, that was Sheldon's, uh, Hoddenschild's race to win. Uh, he went up, again. What did he took the Hoddenschild groove and went up to the top and he set sail around there and he got the lead and there was a red flag with seven to go and his, his, uh, I want to say it was his left rear tire went flat. So he had to get pushed in and get a new tire. Uh, that was his race to win. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, Courtney, I'm a big fan. I'm becoming a fan of Courtney's. Uh, he, he's, he's not afraid to drive those wing sprint cars and, and he does really well. Uh, I think on, at Kokomo, he was running top five and he had, a what did happen? He spun out or something happened. He had to go to the back of the pack and otherwise he would have been right there again. But yeah, he, uh, He's doing really well against some really stout competition in that uh, nice turbo car. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
But uh, looking at looking at the results page here on the uh, World Outlaws website, there's they have the photos from from all the races from Victory Lane. And right. There's a lot of Brad Sweet in these photos. A lot, of, a lot Brad of Brad Sweet. I think he's well, like, definitely the man to beat this year. Well, like we mentioned last week, uh, he was on the podcast and he said he's out to win races this year and he's he's doing it. And boy, I told you at the start that uh, Donnie Schatz is he's got that Ford figured out. Boy, they're having trouble after trouble. The uh, Magneto quit. He spun out. Uh, they're they're really struggling as a team. Yeah, I, I you know I I think Donnie still has the talent to get her done, but uh, he just doesn't have the luck right now. Well, my understanding is the ignition box that he uses. Um, they got new uh, management, I want to say, uh, in and. What they do now is they take these and they're they're now <laughs> I, I don't want to bash China, but they send them to China and get them fixed and 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 build them, and so they're them. they're just not they're not the same quality that they used to be, and so they're they're having problems with them. You need to get those American parks. That's what you need yeah. to do. get some America, USA made top quality stuff. Well, it sounds like it's even hard to do that. Uh, I had a friend call me that. Uh, Tires are at a premium right now. The the World of Outlaw teams are having a hard time finding race tires at the racetracks. So Sheldon Hodenshaw was looking for some front tires at Peavely, um, what was it, two weeks ago, and he couldn't find any front tires. And so um, this COVID thing has put a shortage in a lot of problem, a lot of different areas that you r- wouldn't really expect. Uh, um, Al Parker's having troubles getting pistons. Uh, um, Kistler's having motor, same problem, can't find parts. And so race teams are coming and getting the motors that need to be refreshed, but they can't get refreshed because they don't have parts. And so they're just getting, they're just having to run them. So uh, yeah, this, uh, this is going to be a challenging year for all the teams because there's not a lot of parts out there. It sounds like. Yeah, definitely. I ran into uh, Frank Galusha. He's the general manager over there at EMI. I ran into him over the weekend over at one of the stars games. And I mentioned the, the tire deal, you know, uh, with uh, Sheldon over there at, uh, at uh, I 55 and, Frank, uh, Frank's having a hard time getting parts, and he when this whole Corona deal hit, he ordered, he got on and ordered two years worth of uh, tubing right away, and really? he's now slowly just getting stuff in. Wow! So I mean, he'll get a shipment of stuff here. I mean, so it's it's enough stuff coming in to keep keep getting stuff out the door. But he he jumped on right away, like, look, this he he had the foresight to see this could be a problem. So I, I think right now we're we're kind of seeing the uh, the uh, the effects of the initial shutdown, but I mean it kind of is what it is right now. Yeah, well everybody's resourceful. They'll they'll figure it out and they'll find a way. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just that's just something that you don't think as a race fan is going to happen, and and the teams are having to deal with it, and it, it is real. So uh, um, who would have thought that uh, a front tire is hard to find at a, at a World of Outlaw race? Yeah, you know, maybe Goodyear needs to step back up and make some tires again. I mean, <laughs> they, they had the uh, the dirt tires for the uh, the NASCAR races, so yeah, I yeah. think they still have the molds. <laughs> kind of change of pace. Uh, it was announced last week that uh, Swindell Speed Labs has a new driver. Uh, Sammy Swindell is uh, no longer going to be driving that thirty nine car, but uh, Darren Pittman got the nod. So uh, Darren Pittman's going to be coming back out of retirement uh, and even though it really wasn't much of a retirement and he's going to be driving the 39 Swindell Speed Labs. I think he, had, I think he had two weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the schedule hasn't been announced, but uh, they're, they're working on it, but it uh, sounds like they're going to have a, a decent schedule. It's not going to be 
um, 100 shows or anything like that. But uh, I think Darren's going to keep himself pretty busy in that 39 car. My question is, how the hell do you get fired from your own kid? Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't win and you're not very competitive. Thanksgiving's going to be a little awkward this year, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to pay the bills, though. And uh, other than putting it on the pole at the Eldora two years ago, uh, Sammy didn't do a whole lot of good in that 39 car. No, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. I mean, Kevin's out there to, to win races, and you need to get a driver. And I think he has a hell of a shoe with Darren Pittman. I mean, Kevin's got a good equipment. Darren can still drive a race car. Well, it'd be interesting. Did did Bear Archery come on for Sammy or Swindell Speed Labs or – uh, I know they're sta- they're on the car for uh, for Darren, so that uh, um, they they have a decent sponsor there. So hopefully Darren can. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of Darren Pittman. Uh, I think he's a good, clean driver, pretty aggressive driver. Uh, had a, a pretty he struggled last year, and, uh, and it was pretty obvious. But uh, I think he still has some wins in him. So hopefully he can put that 39 car in the winner's circle for uh, Kevin Swindell and the Swindell Speed Lab team. Yeah, but I think the biggest news of the week in the racing world is uh, we got a sponsor, Brad. We actually have somebody here who wants to advertise on this abortion of a show. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah, so uh, I want to thank Dan Taylor from Tailored Computers and Repairs for jumping on. He's We, we kind of dubbed this as going to be the uh, Tailored Computers hotline. Uh, so anytime you uh, one of our guests comes on. So Tony Ross, it's going to be our... First official guest on Tailored Computers Repair Hotline. So uh, if you want your computer run like a champion, call Dan Taylor at Tailored Computer Repairs for first place service and turnaround time faster than a 410. Look no further than Tailored Computers for a winning experience. Where's this out of? Omaha? Yeah, Dan's out of Omaha. Uh, Dan's also, you know, uh, has his own podcast there on the front stretch. Uh, He's the voice out there at Eagle Raceway. Does pit reporting over at I eighty Speedway? So I mean, Dan, he knows his computers, man. If I, I gave him crap the other day, as he finally quit his full time job in sales to you know jump on board with both feet into his uh, computer business, and I go, I got Max, Dan. They don't break, so uh, I I can't give <laughs> you any business. But uh, I know a bunch of people that you know got i racing rigs from Dan, and uh, they're quite happy with them. So I think if I ever jump in the i racing game. He's going to be the first one I call to get uh get my system set up. Well, I don't even own a computer. Uh, the only computer I work with is my work computer, so I can't give him much business either. <laughs> so, I mean, we could probably get him a lot of business if we can get him, like, the UNL contract. I know you have some pull out there. You could probably get that to happen. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I want to thank Dan for jumping on. I mean, it's, it's awesome to, you know, we don't make any money doing this. We, we have – some initial cost with you know server host and and zoom co- and zoom uh costs and whatnot but uh it helps out so i want i want to thank dan for jumping on absolutely dan i appreciate you and uh thanks for being a fan it's fun doing the podcast uh i'm glad uh glad uh dan's come along uh, come on board and uh hopefully we won't embarrass him too much and get him some business yeah definitely so with that We're going to take a quick break, and we will be joined on the Tailored Computer Repairs Hotline by Tony Rost. So everybody stay tuned. Get off 
Joining us now on the Taylor Computers and Repairs Hotline is Tony Ross, the driver of the number 99 Catalyst Autosports 360 Sprint Car from Omaha, Nebraska. Tony, man, what's going on this Monday night? Good. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Doing well. So uh, um, we're going to um, talk a little bit about your your new team. It's uh, semi-new. I guess you started it in uh, at the end of 19 and didn't get to race in 20. So uh, how did uh, Catalyst Autosport uh become a team uh, and 
Uh, tell us a little bit, a little bit about your team. Yeah, for sure. So I guess for those who don't know, I raced sprint cars for a couple of years back in like 2014, 2015, <clears throat> and then took some time off to go to, to grad school. And so, um, didn't race at all from 2015 up until 2019 and all through school, I still had the desire to race. You know, I wanted to get a team going again and, uh, had, you know, kind of took those four years to kind of sit back and watch the sport evolve and, and motorsports in general. And, and, uh, had a lot of time to kind of plan and think about what I wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, kind of sat down with the drawing board and, and I knew that, um, as far as like the name catalyst, I didn't want necessarily it to be tied to my name, you know, Tony Ross motorsports or Tony Ross racing or something like that. Um, just cause that's, that's a pretty common, common thing. And there's nothing wrong with, with doing that, but I, I wanted our team to be a little bit different and, and with the, you know, a name like catalyst, it's scalable. If we want to branch out a little bit or get a second car going and have some, you know, some younger drivers and things like that. So kind of planning for the future, um, was one of the, the things I had in mind with that. So, um, but yeah, we started this team kind of got the ball rolling back in 2019 and we ran, uh, one race at IED speedway at the end of the year and, uh, you know, ran a heat race. And I think I was one spot out of a transfer in the B main. And then, uh, I think we were going to run the Casey's fall brawl that year, but it ended up getting rained out. Um, and then we didn't race at all. in in 2020 with, um, COVID going on, you know, it was kind of unpredictable when, when races were going to happen and kind of depended on each, you know, local health department and what they were doing. And, and, you know, we got to, I think May or June and we kind of looked at each other and just decided that, you know, we didn't really want to kind of half-ass a season and, and race 10 or 12 nights and then be kind of in a weird spot with doing an engine refresh early this year. Um, with these 360s, you know, you can only run them about 20, 20 nights or so, and then they, they need to get refreshed. So um, we just decided to park it for 2020 and um, kind of pull our resources and get the ball rolling and get things going for, for this year. So that's what we did. So, um, so I'm kind of the, I guess, the brains behind the team, but uh, Larry Fosler and Brandon Smetter are both uh, sprint car guys that have, they've owned a team together before, uh, and they're both from Lincoln. And they bring a lot of knowledge and technical skill and and some resources um, to the team as well. So I worked with them a little bit back in 2014 when we had a 305. We ran a few nights at Eagle, and and they helped uh, turn some wrenches for me and kind of you know help me get things figured out. So um, when I was getting this team back together and and kind of planning out what I wanted to do. Larry and Brandon were my first call and, and they were all in and it's kind of where we're at today. So, um, we just raced last week at, at I 80 and we've got a, I think another 30 nights on the schedule for this year. Yeah. You had a pretty, I, I would say a pretty successful run, uh, kind of jumping out of the box there at I 80 speedway. I mean, you made the show both nights, uh, through your heat races and I mean, the car looked good all, all, all weekend long. Yeah. Thank you. It was, um, you know, our goal, every night this year, one of our goals is to make the show. And that's simply because I need laps, right? I don't have a ton of wing 360 experience. So, um, yeah, we showed up and I don't think I'm allowed to do the pill draw anymore because I did both nights and it was terrible. So, um, (laughs) 
I drew 78 the first night and 87 the second night out of a hundred. And, uh, I think we started fifth and sixth and it was, yeah, passing points. And we were fortunate enough to kind of hold our own in a heat race and, and qualified right in. So, um, there's a lot of good drivers there that, that couldn't, you know, that didn't make the show. And so that was a big confidence booster for us, just making it in through the heat. And then the first night, we ended up with the DNF both nights, but um, the first night, I I think it was Toby Chapman, or whoever was driving that 1B car, I ran up on him, and I just bumped him, I think, with my nose wing, and my nose wing made it about four laps in the feature, and then it laid down flat against the hood, and I fought that thing for another three or four laps until a caution came out, and with where the line was at, I just couldn't couldn't stick the bottom and didn't want to really get in the way of the, cause I knew the leaders would be coming at some point. So, um, on one of the cautions, I just pulled in and just saved our equipment for the next night. And then the Saturday, the second night, um, ended up kind of brushing the wall with the, the right rear. And I ended up having the, the wheel turned so far to the left that the left front tire was rubbing the drag link. And I don't know exactly what happened, but it was enough to bend the drag link. And so I kind of nudged the wall with the right rear and I came off the cushion and my steering was off by like 50 or 60 degrees, I bet. And so I felt like it was all out of whack and I wasn't going to try and take that into the next corner. So I, I pulled it in, but, um, you know what, we got a paycheck. We got some laps in the cars in one piece minus a $50 drag link. And, and we've got some good notes in the notebook and ready to go to Knoxville this weekend. Yeah. I would say, you know, you, you, probably more than nudge the wall it happened kind of right in front of me i thought you were going to go for a ride a little bit so I, you're really lucky to come out with only the 50 dollars drag link being damaged on that thing yeah i was i was really glad to uh going back and watching the onboard it was really fortunate that i hit it with the right rear not the right front because we'd be you know, ordering another chassis for maxim this week if that was the case so um lucked out with that and uh yeah just you know this this first weekend was just about getting getting some laps and kind of knocking the rest off. I mean, aside from that one race in 2019, which was, you know, just a heat race in the B main, it's been like five or six years since I've had some consistent laps in the sprint car and, and, you know, around I 80 around the top, these things are really quick and it, it takes a while to kind of build up that confidence and, and get back into the swing of things. So, um, yeah, just, you know, trying to make some laps and improve and build our notebook. And this is the first time that I'm really working closely with, with Brandon and Larry and, and Larry's the crew chief and, and is kind of in charge of all the setup stuff. And so getting that driver crew chief relationship built and him kind of knowing what I want the car to feel like and, and what he sees the car doing on the racetrack. And, and it's going to take a while to get that ironed out, but I, I think we're in a really good spot and I'm excited for, for this year. How, uh, how did that night go as far as your comfort level? You, you said you haven't raced since 19, um, were you pretty comfortable in the car and did it take long to knock the cobwebs off or is that one, is it like riding a bike? You just jump in and you know where the right foot goes and you go for it. I would say a little bit of both. So, um, you know, I 80 is a really nice wide racetrack and, and you, you know, early on in our heat and in the, even in hot laps when you're spread out, it doesn't, it's pretty, at least I feel like it's pretty easy to get around there and, and, you know, flat foot it and just kind of hold the car in a straight line during hot laps in your heat race and stuff. But, um, as the, like that first night was really slick and, and the track was kind of slow and it was around the bottom for the most part. Um, but that second night 
when that we, we changed some stuff on the car the second night and tried some new things. And I think we went a little bit in the wrong direction. And so I wasn't as comfortable in the car on night two. And I think that really showed, um, in, you know, how the car was handling and how I was kind of driving it. Um, and wasn't super comfortable night two. Um, but I think we have a really good direction on, um, where we want to go. And the other thing that people got to remember is like those guys that like jacked over Jason Martin, Terry McCarl, like all these guys that are here, like they've got a lot of laps and yeah, all like there was a, there's a pretty stout field both nights. And, um, a lot of those guys have been doing this a long time and they could probably get around I 80 two feet off the wall with their eyes closed. So, um, I think it just takes a lot of laps to build that up and kind of like anything, you know, the more you practice, the better you're going to get. So, um, I think we, we made some good steps in figuring out what I want the car to feel like and, and what we need to do to get it there. And so um, I think we've definitely got something good to build on for, for Knoxville. And when we come back to I-80 in another, I think another month or so. Well, you mentioned earlier that you have about 30 more shows planned on your schedule. Everybody knows that 360 racing is not the head hotbed market here in Nebraska. So what were you thinking starting a 360 team and where are you, where are you going to take that uh, 99 on the road to? Yeah. So like I said, I raced back in 2015 and we had a 360 back then. And, uh, we had initially planned on racing the, so let me back up. When I, when I hung up the steering wheel to go to grad school, I kept my engine and my seat. We sold all the cars and parts and everything else, but I had my engine in my seat. So I already had the 360 lying around. Um, ended up taking it down to Salina engine in Kansas to have Adam freshen it for us and do some updates and things like that. So that's why we have a 360 and why we're doing a 360. Um, as far as where we're going this year, so we're going to run Knoxville weekly for points. Um, and then we're going to run, I think we've got seven or eight nights left at I 80 that, you know, Joe Kaziski and, um, Jay over at Malvern bank are putting this deal on at three at uh, I 80 for the 360 cars. And, um, I think that's a really cool deal. And I'm glad that Joe and Jay are stepping up to do that. And we're really thankful for that. So we're going to support them and run that full schedule at, at I 80. And then we've got a couple ASCS national tour shows, uh, built in as well. So I think we're going to try and go down to Lakeside in August and the Jesse Hockett, uh, McMillan Memorial down at Wheatland and I think that's in September. And then depending on how our equipment's doing, we go down to devil's bowl at the end of the year and wrap things up down there. So, um, traveling a little bit, um, but for the most part, kind of hanging out around Knoxville and, and I 80. You, you mentioned several times now you're just, you're needing laps right now. Um, do you have any laps around Knoxville? Yes. Yeah, so I actually, prior to racing sprint cars, I was in a sport mod for a few years and we made some laps over there at the Harris clash. And so I think I was there three times in the modified. And then, um, back in 2015, I went over there and there was a, uh, like a 360 double features night. And, um, we raced that and, um, didn't do, I think we started eighth and finished eighth in our heat. And then I raced it from I think ninth up to fourth in the B and then made it into both shows. So, um, you know, probably 50 laps or so around Knoxville in a sprint car and that's about it, but probably, I don't know, a thousand around in I racing. So that's hopefully worth something, <laughs> I guess, but, um, 
you know, it's a Knoxville's a, it's a really special place and I'm excited to be there. And, um, I think, you know, three Oh fives, three sixties, four tens, there's a lot of really talented drivers there. So just making the show, uh, is going to be a big accomplishment, I think each week for us. So that's the goal. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, but I think it's one that we're really looking forward to. Now, one of the cool things I found out about found out about you and, and your team is that you started this YouTube channel. You're kind of taking kind of the marketing scheme, kind of like guy from, from guys like the Hunt to the Front, uh, Tanner Holmes out there in California. He's doing like a bunch of sprint car vlogs, and you're kind of doing the same thing. What made you decide to start that? And I mean, for me, it's it's a cheap way to advertise what you can offer to sponsors. Yeah. So actually, one of my buddies. Um, had reached out and he said, he asked me if we ever thought about doing a vlog. And I said, no, not really. Like, you know, back when I was racing before we, we run our onboard cameras and throw that on YouTube, but we didn't have a, you know, kind of a behind the scenes or vlog or anything. And, and we talked about it one, one night and you kind of look at, you know, that's, um, looking at where the attention is on social media, um, and how, people are consuming media is changing and um, you know, people, at least people my age. And and I think a lot of people don't watch cable as much now as they used to, or um, there's several examples of things like that where, where things are changing and a lot of people consume, uh, you know, like YouTube vlogs and and podcasts and things like that. So um, doing a vlog and, and, and all of that makes a lot of sense as far as more eyeballs and more engagement and, you know, that can turn into exposure for, for partners and, and selling merchandise and, and things like that. Um, and it's a, it's a cool chance to, you know, try and elevate the sport a little bit and show, show people behind the scenes of what it's like to go to have a 360 team and go to Knoxville and, and go up and down the road and race. Cause there's a lot of people that at least, you know, some of the vlogs that I watch, you kind of live vicariously through, what you're watching. And I think there's a lot of people that really enjoy sprint car racing that would love the opportunity to, um, either drive or even just, you know, go scrape mud for a team that probably won't ever get that opportunity. And so, um, just creating that access and that, um, ability for them to kind of see behind the scenes and see what it's all about, I think is pretty cool. Um, and we've had quite a bit of success on, on TikTok as well. There's, um, I've had two videos now that I think are over 400,000 views and it's really simple stuff like mounting tires and, and tire bleeders. And, and I think there's some demand for that type of content out there. And, and there's like Brandon, like you said, there's a couple vlogs that are doing that really well. You know, Tanner Holmes has a, has a pretty good vlog and, and hunt the front guys are pretty entertaining. And even though they're, they're late model guys, we'll give them a pass on that. Yeah, but, we will. Um, you know, there's, Outside of that, there's there's a couple vlogs here and there for sprint cars, but not really, not a ton. And uh, like I said, I think the demand is there, and so that's what we're trying to trying to work on. So um, it's been a little bit inconsistent, and we're still trying to get the hang of it. Because I mean, if you've ever been in the pits around a team, you know, race night is is pretty chaotic, and there's especially if things aren't going right or if you're in a hurry, and so sometimes it's hard to get in front of the camera and talk and explain what's going on. But that's something we're, we're working on. I'll try and get in more of a rhythm with that. But, um, yeah, it's a, we've had fun doing it and it'll be fun to look back, you know, a year from now and kind of see where we started and, and see how the season progressed and yeah. And look at, look at all that we were able to do. 
So you mentioned that you had some success on uh, on TikTok. So you're telling me TikTok is more than just teenage girls shaking their ass to music videos? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the. Uh, I think it's becoming more and more accepted. But yeah, that's there's a lot of you know major brands and a lot of not singing or dancing videos on on TikTok. <laughs> and if you want to talk about um, you know exposure and engagement for free, like. I, didn't, I haven't spent a dime on marketing on TikTok and to get that many views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook would be thousands and thousands of dollars. And so, um, you know, at this step we're, we're I'm just trying to provide value and we're trying to build a following. I think we've got 22,000 or maybe 23,000 followers right now. And, um, you know, that's another outlet for, um, for, um, providing value to our, our partners and, and selling merchandise and, and building a loyal fan base. And there's a lot of research that shows that that race fans are uh, incredibly loyal. And yes, TikTok is that younger demographic, but man, if you can get the kids hooked on it and get the family to a race, like there's, there's a lot of value there, I think. And I know at I-80, um, it was it was good to see a lot of people in the stands and and there was I think three or four kids there that I signed autographs for. It was their very first sprint car race, so um, that's always exciting to see and and that's one of my goals with the team and one of our you know one of our kind of values and the part of the mission is to to continue to elevate and grow the sport and that includes taking steps to help build the future, um, whether that's through engaging with fans and creating, you know, opportunities for the next generation of racers. That's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. And, and that's one of the goals for us. So, um, TikTok makes a lot of sense in that, in that regard to, to start building that, that awareness for our team. Well, I might have to download me the TikTok app since, you know, it's not just an old guy creeping on young girls anymore. So <laughs> no, there's, there's some good, there's some really good racing, some racing content on there. Swindell speed labs on there. They got some good stuff they put out and, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'd give it a shot. Well, to be honest, I did download it this afternoon. I was listening to your podcast that you were on with, uh, Justin Fielder, uh, about a month or so ago and, and you brought that up. And so I downloaded it, but I got a lot to learn. So I, I didn't see a whole lot on there in that little bit that I surfed, but, uh, I'm going to get on it and play with it a little bit and see what, uh, see how I can waste more time in my, in my day. <laughs> there you go. And I'm a big, I'm a big formula one fan. I love F1 and, uh, I don't know if you guys are into that at all, but they're like the McLaren and Mercedes teams and even the F1 account has some pretty good stuff. So that might be a good, good place to start. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's a great, it's a great way to waste time, but, um, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still learning how, you know, the algorithm really likes some stuff and really doesn't like other things. Um, you know, we had that one video I made where of changing and like mounting a sprint car tire and it's like, you have one minute and, um, kind of went through that. And then, you know, we had a, one of my onboard cameras where I was about six inches from getting me and Joey Danley brand new cars at I 80 when he was parked on the front stretch, um, after I think he got together with somebody else and it was a pretty close call on the onboard. And, and that did 5% of the views that some of those other videos did. So, um, it, it's taken a little bit of work to figure out what the al algorithm likes, but, um, yeah, it's 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 been fun. It's been a good learning experience for me. I like it. You mentioned that onboard camera. What was the pucker factor like when you you were flying up there on? on 
Yeah. Um, so that it was kind of dusty that night and, and I was pretty deep in the field. And so you can't honestly see a lot, um, kind of, you know, the lights off the, off the top of the wings there. And, and, um, I could kind of see somebody sideways. And so I, I got on the brakes a little bit and then Stu Snyder made one hell of a move. I don't know how he did it, but if you guys go back and watch it, it's on our Facebook and, and Twitter. Stu did some magic in the car to, to miss him and he went left and, and I went right. And I just remember seeing Joey facing backwards and, you know, he, he did what he was supposed to do and he held the brake so that everybody could get him. Cause I was afraid he was going to kind of roll backwards up the track and I wouldn't have anywhere to go and we would have been in trouble. But, um, we were all pretty fortunate to make it out of that one without anything major. So, um, it was close. I think it was probably less than six inches from my left front to, to his. So it was, it was close. Yeah. I made a comment on your, uh, on that post and I was like, Holy buckets, uh, for you guys to be able to dodge that, that car like that was, uh, I mean, it happened so fast. It was not even funny, but, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was an amazing video that you posted on that, uh, <laughs> dodging that car. And it's, it's, that's such a, such a helpless feeling. You know, I've, I've, I don't know that I've been there in a sprint car, but in a modified, I've been turned around in front of the, you know, the whole field is, is coming and, and it's just a helpless feeling. You're sitting there and you're just hoping that everybody misses and you're kind of waiting for that impact. So, um, that could have been a lot worse than it was. So, yeah. Yeah. So I saw, well, you, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, Brandon. Go. I had a stupid question, but, uh, <laughs> What what I was going to ask is so uh, turning the I'm getting ready for the future here. You got uh, Knoxville coming up in what is it a week? Is it next week that Knoxville starts? Two weeks? I'm this lost. Saturday. I, this yeah. Saturday, I'm yep. lost track because I spend so much time on the road with the, the Nebraska track and field team. Uh, I know everybody else is racing, but me. But uh, um, so you got the car already and and ready to hit the track and uh, see what Knoxville opener brings because you got a lot of stout competition over there in the 360s. I think. Uh, I read that there's last year there was an average of 39 cars a night there for, for the three sixties. That's a, that's a pretty good field. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. And there's a lot of cars that there's a lot of good cars that are, that'll be there that won't make it in each night. I have a feeling. And I don't know, I don't know exactly who all is going to be there. What the, you know, we'll see what that brings. But um, I mean, Knoxville is a place to be if you're a sprint car driver out here. Like it's, I mean, it's just, it's a sprint car capital of the world, you know? And outside of a national tour and, and, you know, some pockets in Ohio and Pennsylvania, like it's the place to in California, it's the place to be at least in the Midwest. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've got the car already. Um, I still need to mount up. We ran, uh, the D D 12 left rears up at I 80 and we got to run H's at, at Knoxville. They have a different tire rule. So I got to mount up some tires on Friday night, but, um, yeah, it's, it's ready to go. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I, I like that they use qualifying. I've never really liked a pill draw because you're kind of at the mercy of the pill, right? Like, I, like an I-80, I started in the back, both of my heats for no, no fault of my own. It's like, if, at least if we're going to be in the back of a heat race, I want it to be my fault. Like, I want to have a fighting <laughs> chance at right. doing something. Um, and, you know, there's some cars that there's some teams that qualify really well and don't race as well. And then there's some that don't qualify as well, but then the race comes and they, they do pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see how we do with that. And if we can unload and, and be fast out of the box. 
Um, and it just brings a different dynamic to the race. And I think that's part of what makes Knoxville special. Well, adding on to that pill draw thing, uh, you're also dependent on uh, track conditions. Uh, it was Stu Snyder's just driving by my house in his big old tractor trailer rig and he's got the <laughs> race car and everything. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, the track conditions play a role too. If you, if you draw, uh, and you're in the back of the heat race and it's a really heavy lockdown track, you're probably not going to make up a lot of ground and pass and get those passing points. But if you start at the back at a track, that's uh, kind of uh, wider and so forth where you can pass, that's going to do nothing but help you. So you're, 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 there's a lot of factors in pill draw that uh, is out of your hands. Really. It's just a, a matter of, of, uh, luck of the draw and track conditions and how it all plays out. Yeah. And there's, and especially at, at Knoxville or I-80, the car, those tracks are big enough that you spread out relatively quickly. So if you don't, unless you're really, really good or you, um, you know, make some moves in that first lap or so, like you're kind of settled in. Um, and, and obviously that's, you know, if, if I, if I drew on the front row for, for I 80 both nights, I'd probably be singing a little bit different tune than I am now, but, um, <laughs> that's how we all are. Yeah. Right. Like it's, um, I don't know. I just like the qualifying. I think it's cool having, you know, one or two or three car, however many it is, uh, out at a time. And, and that's some really good exposure, uh, for your sponsors. Cause the, you know, the announcers have, and they do a great job over at, at Knoxville up in the booth and, and they've got, um, you know, really good opportunity to rattle off your sponsors and where you're from and kind of your story and, and, and it's on dirt vision and there's a lot of people that tune into that. So, um, that's, that's, a just for the marketing aspect of it, I think that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. So before we let you go, I saw your, uh, your film crew by film crew. I mean, your camera guy out there at I 80 speedway, <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to take him this weekend to Knoxville with Knoxville with you. And, uh, when's that next vlog going to come out and where can people find it? Yeah. So we, that's my buddy, Steven. We went to, he was a couple of years younger than me, but we went to the same high school and, um, he was kind of my right hand guy back when we were racing in, in 2015. And, um, we actually look a lot alike and people think we're brothers. Um, even though we're not related, but, um, we were me and him That is kind of a funny story back in, 2015 we were in it was me and him we went up to wisconsin and raced against all the usac teams with a 360 car and made it into the show each night and um it's kind of kind of and that's when i was like 22 and i think he was 18 and uh, it was kind of cool what just two young kids could go do um you know with the sprint car and a lot of passion and desire to go race so um he's been with me since then and, and he's running the camera and and does some photo- photography for us and, and absolutely kills it so um, we'll have our vlogs up on our YouTube channel and it's just catalyst Autosport uh, on YouTube. And um, we have a lot of going on on TikTok and Instagram as well. And then we have updates on Facebook and Twitter um, throughout the night, but the cool stuff is YouTube, TikTok and Instagram. That's where I'm focusing a lot of our energy uh, on social media right now. Definitely. So uh, before we let, like I said, before we let us go, good luck this weekend at Knoxville. Uh, hopefully you knock off that uh, first feature win here pretty soon. Cause I know you've, You've done it pretty well and done a damn good job in, in the sport mod, mod in the past. So I, I can only see the sprint car one coming here soon. Yeah, thank you. I, I hope so. It's it's just going to take a lot of laps. And, um, you know, we've got really good equipment. And we're fortunate enough to have all that. And um, and I think I've got some pretty smart guys around me turning wrenches and, and, and you know, and Brandon and Larry. And 
Uh, I think we've got all the right puzzle pieces, but again, those guys, a lot of those teams have thousands and thousands of laps, um, not only in Knoxville, but racing a lot of different tracks. And so that's, I think our biggest, um, deficit that I need to overcome. And that's just going to take time. So, um, you know, if we, if I can keep my nose clean and we can, um, you know, improve each week and, and build our notebook and, and have a fighting shot at getting in the main, I think that'll be, that'll be good for to start this year. And, you know, if we're fortunate enough to run some top tens, top fives, and maybe land on the podium and, and do that later in the year with some better laps, I think that'd be, that'd be really cool. So, um, I think we've got all the pieces to do it. It's just, you know, just need the laps. Definitely. So you'll definitely get some laps this year with that, uh, that hectic 30 race schedule on, on your, on board. 30 race schedule coming up if I could actually talk. Oh my God. <laughs> and you haven't even been drinking yet. No, and I haven't been. Shocker. <laughs> All right, Tony, thanks yeah. for joining us tonight. Uh, like I said, good luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon here at IED. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having right, me. Thank, um, thanks, Tony. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate it. Have a good night. All right, that was Tony Ross joining us on the Tailored Computers and Repair Hotline. Uh, it's pretty cool seeing that, you know, he's still a young kid, but, you know, he mentioned that him and his buddy went up to Wisconsin, and it's just two kids living out a dream. They have a bunch of passion for sprint car racing. I know Brandon and Larry both have a ton of passion, and it's that's pretty cool in my book. Yeah, he, uh, he, he put his racing career on hold to go back to school, and uh, he's a physical therapist by trade. And so he, he, um, he was into the racing and, uh, he decided to, uh, go to, I think it was Kansas state, get his degree, become a, go to physical therapy school. Now he's a physical therapist by trade and that helps pay the bills so he can go out there and play in the 99 catalyst Autosport uh, car. And, uh, yeah, he, because we don't have really any place to run in Knox in Nebraska, uh, he's going to make that truck over to Knoxville uh, weekly and, uh, um, see how he can do over there. So, uh, like he, he, I think he's a realist. It looks like, uh, he knows that he needs some laps. He needs to knock a little bit of rust off from, from, uh, sitting idle for all those years. And so, uh, yeah, uh, the car looks good. The team looks, uh, well organized and well put together looking at the, vlo- the vlogs and stuff. Uh, it looks like they are really meticulous with their stuff and, uh, um, looks like, uh, uh he, he's prepared to have a, a good year in Knoxville this year. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, he he's definitely a hell of a racer. I've seen him many years at ID Speedway in that sport mod. So he can definitely turn laps. And I think once he gets, like he said, once he gets enough laps underneath his belt, he's going to be one hell of a shoe in that, in that sprint car. Yeah. He's, he's kind of throwing himself into the fire though. They're going over to Knoxville and the, that 360 field is pretty stout. And, uh, uh, you know, they always get uh, a, a drop in every once in a while from some good cars. And so, you, but 
you know what they say, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so he's going to go over there and uh, test his skills against some of the best 360 drivers in the country. And so uh, you know, props to him and good luck to the team. Yeah, definitely. So, Brad, with that being said, I don't have a whole lot to wrap up the show with. I think we pretty much covered everything that was going on in our local racing scene. Uh, what do you got planned for this week? Well, on Thursday, or Wednesday morning, I head to Houston, Texas for a track meet. So I'll be there until Sunday night and get back by 8 o'clock Sunday night and start the week all over on Monday. So not, no more racing and no racing again for another week. So it's it sucks, but it is what it is. I got to pay the bills and we'll go down to Houston. It sounds like it's going to be warmer here in Lincoln than in Houston, but uh, um, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm going to go racing this weekend. Uh Eagle Raceway kicks off their icebreaker with a uh, modified mania, which, you know, everybody knows we're a sprint car show. But yeah. uh, Friday night, the mods are going to be out there at Eagle Raceway. But Saturday night, they're going to have the 305 uh, race saver sprints. But uh, there's a big show down down the road down in Fairbury on Saturday night with the uh, the wingless sprint cars over there at the Jefferson County Sp- Speedway with the uh, the Roy Cooley Memorial. Um, unfortunately, I, I still have that hockey gig going on, so... We have two more home games left uh, Saturday night, this Saturday night, and I believe next Saturday night is our last one. So hockey's about to wrap up. Then I will be full-time playing in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a pretty cool show to go to in Fairbury, though, to watch the non-wing sprints on that uh, that little track. And that 305 might just be about the right horsepower for that track. I was talking to Terry Richards. Uh, he had his uh, his uh, car into our shop a couple weeks ago getting wrapped and uh Asked him if he's going to run it because, you know, Terry's been a big supporter of wingless racing. He's tried getting yeah. the, the wingless racing going here, going on here in Nebraska. And, you know, once again, Rona kind of fucked everything up. But uh, he he's going to go down there. Uh, he, I think he has a 410, but he said he's going to put in his uh, 360 motor in there. And he even thinks that's too much power for that track. So I think, you know, the guys with the 305s. They might have a they might have a slight advantage, and you're not going to hear that many times where a 305 is going to have advantage over a 360 or 410. Yeah, for sure. And and like Buddy Kofoid said last week, uh, that track is a great track for on the with the midgets. And so, yeah, I could imagine a 360 or a 410 would have too much horsepower for that track. But yeah, um, yeah, the non-wing 305s might be just about the right ticket. I think it's going to be one hell of a show. I really wish I could go down there and support my buddy Jeff with. Uh, with that race, the Roy Cooley Memorial being named after his father, but uh, I think I think my buddy Jeff, my he's also a photographer. I think he has some big news uh, that he's going to announce out there uh, after that race. So everybody, you know, check out Jeff Cooley on Facebook and uh, see what see what that news is all about. Well, interesting, uh, an announcement before an announcement. Listen to that. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm that asshole right now, but I <laughs> I know I know the news, but. You know, in all due respect, uh, sometimes we have to keep things quiet. So, kind of like the news you dropped on me last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mom's the word right now. Yep. So everybody stay tuned. And with that being said, we will catch everybody on the flip side.